I was simple. Okay, I'll wait. And can I go? Go! I have no business speaking at the business of software. I majored in theater. Any uh, thespians in the room? Oh, a few! Okay, not so bad, but not a high percentage. Uh, how about any lesbians? Oh, sorry, sir. That's, I didn't. Um, yeah, so, uh, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm sort of used to taking these like big leaps of faith. I made a profession out of it. And it's the first thing that you learn in theater. It's called suspension of disbelief. And a gentleman by the name of Samuel Taylor Coleridge, a poet and philosopher, explained this concept in the 1700s. And he basically said that when we go to theater together, we agree to let go of all of our perceptions and assumptions about the world around us and take a gigantic poetic leap of faith. And that's how I landed in software. Uh, I was working at a contemporary art museum and I was brought in to break the rules, I know it's shocking, of the museum. And I brought in programs like Arm Wrestling for Art. It was totally abject, it was really fun. And I got a call from a software company that seemed really cool. They're called Axosoft and they're in Scottsdale. And I knew they were cool because I gave a talk about creativity in the workplace a few months earlier and they had things I'd never seen before, like beanbag chairs and, and snacks just falling all over, it was amazing. And so I thought, okay, I'll talk to this company. And I met with the CEO, Laudan Shojai, and she's like this little scrappy smart woman. And she's like, we really like your energy. That's why we brought you in. And I'm like, I really like your energy. That's why I came in. She's like, but we're not offering you a job. And I'm like, I don't want a job. <laughs> and she's like, but you know, we've always wanted a brand evangelist. And I'm like, a brand evangelist? An evangelist? My Jewish mom will freak out. Yes, I want to evangelize with you. And so I started work at Axosoft, and I'm like, okay, what am I brand evangelizing? And she's like, well, we're an agile project management software for software developers, SaaS, B2B. And it was like I was in a time warp. I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I understood, of course, B2B, that's when you take one of your bedrooms in your home and you make it a charming hotel, <laughs> right? Okay, so, so for some reason I decided to, to take the leap of faith and started Axosoft. Fortunately, I learned very quickly about the software and the methodology behind it. And I realized that the software mimicked the culture. It was totally collaborative, it was iterative. I mean, we are flat management, open workstations, we have conversations, and it was flexible. We literally, with our software, play with notions of time and space. Basically, our software empowers people to see the ordinary as extraordinary. That's what we do in theater. It made total sense. So I got my stride on in software, feeling really good. And then Laudan comes to my colleague, Sarah Breeding, and I, and she's like, we're sponsoring a big women in technology event, and we want to show up in a big way, and so come up with a big idea, right? There's nothing like getting your creative juices flowing like your boss being really pushy. <laughs> so we have... <laughs> So we did what the humans do. We brainstormed, and our brains didn't storm so much. So um, I went for a walk. 
And on my walk, I, I started thinking about women in technology, women in the tech space. And I started thinking about theater. And I started thinking, what if, what if you could take the principles of theater and weave them in and out of technology? What if we could suspend disbelief in the tech world and, and jump into a space where women are paid in technology as much as their male counterparts? And, and, and what if we could leap and women made up 50% of C-level positions? And, and what if we could land in a space where a 12-year-old girl takes a coding class because she sees herself in the female teacher, because she sees herself in the girl sitting next to her, because she sees herself. And I thought of a symbol. I saw a symbol in my head on that walk, and I thought the symbol is internationally known. Men, women, everybody knows this symbol. So I brought the symbol back to my colleague, Sarah, and I'm like, I, I have the symbol. And I kept making this gesture of unzipping and opening. And I said, I think, I think, she, has, I think she has a cape. And Sarah said, it was never a dress. And the two of us realized that we had been looking at this woman the wrong way this whole time. That right in front of us, she was there this whole time. And so I printed out the vector of the woman, and with a few line strokes, she appeared. And uh, we launched this campaign called It Was Never address. And in launching it, all we knew for sure was that we had stickers <laughs> and a booth at a conference. And, um, and we created a website that I wrote the copy for, I think, in approximately three hours earlier that day. And all it did was invite people to share their stories. Well, a woman at the conference loved it. I gave a talk about it. They, everybody was sort of clamoring to get the sticker. And she posted an image of the sticker. And all she said on it was, cannot unsee. And that went viral. It went around the world. In, in less than three days, almost um, over 18 million impressions were received. It was picked up by every major media outlet in the entire world. CNN, Time, HuffPo. Who knew HuffPo was in so many countries? I had no idea. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got the HuffPo. No, it's HuffPo England. No, it's HuffPo. It's everywhere. Um, it was everywhere in the world. You don't have to wait for it. It's right there. <laughs> and so I, I think it's really interesting. We also started a STEAM scholarship, a STEAM scholarship for need-based students going into these fields. We put the A in STEM because that's for the arts. We put the A in because it's for the arts. The A is for the arts. And we could have put the A in, and it could have been for Aristotle, because Aristotle was a dude I studied back in theater school. And he actually predicted me being here today and speaking in front of you. Because back in the day when I was studying theater, Aristotle said, when your talents and the needs of the world overlap, therein lies your vocation. So I hope that we all continue to listen to the needs of the world and create software that's relevant and resonant. That's my time. Thank you very much. <laughs>